0: number one is engage the person we chit chat and build rapport we teach that the worst thing that you can do is call a person or talk to a person and get right to the business yeah okay yeah. we need to at least acknowledge that we're talking to a person first and then number two was approach them about life insurance now you need a word track that actually connects with the person not this, I'm looking for something to sell you because that's what most of these word tracks are. No, we pivot to the concern and then life insurance is a solution.
1: So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our business, grow our leadership and develop our teams in a way that allows us to get our products and services out of the world yet still remain profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner and this is the Club Capital Leadership podcast hey before we get into today's episode did you know that club capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country providing monthly accounting cfo services and tax preparation check them out at club.capital welcome to another episode of the club capital leadership podcast my name is bradley Hamner, your host on today's episode, we have Greg Gaines. Greg is a speaker, sales coach, and trainer for agents and team members for financial services with an emphasis on life insurance. He's also an incredible motivational speaker. I think you'll pick that up really quickly. He's got a background in radio. I think he might actually take my spot on the podcast. He speaks so well, whether it's sales or leadership. His specialty is really simplifying the concepts in order for us to be able to move forward in our businesses. And we talk about that on the podcast several times, simplicity, being clear, making it easy for our customers. A few things I think you'll pick up is his five steps to clarity. Number two, I think also whenever he talks about the importance of stories, and that's come up on different episodes in the past. And then number three, we, towards the end of our conversation, we talk about mind tracks and why that is so important in piecing together, not just the technical things that we say with our customers, but how we need to make sure that we're investing in ourselves and specifically in our mind. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Greg Gaines. Wouldn't it be a great start to 2021 by having more leads in your book of business? Well that's where our partners at DirectClicks Inc. come in. Their team's dialed-in approach to running Google ads and online SEO campaigns, maximize the quality and the volume of your leads. Whether that's for inbound phone calls or even exclusive leads through your website. Direct Clicks Inc. works only with PNC insurance agency owners, so they have thousands of hours creating A-B split testing and improving online campaigns specifically for insurance. They also understand why each and every marketing dollar matters in providing true results, low paper clicks, transparency, and attention to detail all of which is discussed in depth during your monthly review calls. Reach out to the DirectClicks team at directclicksinc.com. That's directclicksinc.com and find out how they can make a difference in your approach to generating new business. Are you ready to get out of the daily rut and begin working at your highest level? Coach P Consulting will help you do just that using the same strategies he did to sell over 500 life insurance policies in 2020 and on track for over 600 life insurance policies in 2021. No, this is not your regular one-and-done type coaching. You'll get personalized coaching two days a week, every week of the month, and you'll get a live look at the the behind-the-scenes team training and an office performing at the highest level. Coach P currently has a 100% retention rate for everyone who joins, and hey, those numbers speak for themselves. Coach P will train your team alongside his own to show you the exact steps they are taking to achieve chairman Circle in two agencies, exotic travel, and multi-line presence club. So whether your goal is to be at the top of your local market or amongst the best in the country, this training will give you the strategies and tactics to get you there. For just $250 a month, you'll get high-level coaching each week from someone who is already getting it done at that level. His strategies work, and it's time to put them to work for you. Sign up at coachpconsulting.com and get 50% off your first month of coaching when you mention the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Again, that's coachpconsulting.com.
0: Greg, <laughs> welcome that. to the Club Capital Leadership Podcast.: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: We're excited to have you. So we always start with people's journeys and their backstories, how they got to where they are today. So or listening audience, why don't you just tell people how you got to where you are?
0: Well, I kind of got into financial services through the back door. Well, it's not the back door, it's the family door, and I've been in the media. I was in the media. I really got into radio when I was about 17 years old. And so I was in the media for over 20 years. I did television. I was a fill-in sports anchor in Jacksonville, Florida, which is where I still live. But my main job was radio. And I loved it. (laughs) I loved it because you could directly connect with a person that way. And I was a part of a radio show in Jacksonville, Florida called the Boomer and Greg show. And it's WQIK and it's country. And let me just say right now, this is not an optical illusion. I'm a very (laughs) proud black man, but we dominated the airwaves here for years just because it was so genuine. You have some real solid people and they opened their heart to me. So that was wonderful. So I did that. But behind the scenes, things were happening with my family. I was a father at 17. I'm not proud of that, but that's true. And my son was very sick, yellow jaundice, hepatitis, cirrhosis of the liver sick. So one of the reasons I moved to Jacksonville was because it was closer to Gainesville and Gainesville had the University of Florida's Shands Hospital. And that's who was Mm -hmm. caring for my son at that point. And so even behind the scenes, I'm on the radio doing all this stuff and working in television and doing all this stuff. There was a storm brewing in my family life. And that was my son. And Mm so eventually my son got a liver transplant. And so even if you talk with me when I was 23 years old, you were really talking to a 48-year-old man. I really wasn't around for any of the frivolous stuff. That's what was happening. And so eventually I came to a crossroads in radio, and I already had more life insurance than the average person because of what I just described. And crossroads in radio, and I was approached by my New York life agent. I had insurance with him. He didn't have to approach me for life insurance. I called him up to buy the life insurance. And the stuff that he proposed to me initially wasn't enough, and I told him that. And so Mm -hmm. we had more coverage, and he saw something behind that, being as though that I felt it was so serious that maybe I would be good in this industry. But by this time, my son was sick again. We were waiting for his second liver transplant at that point. So I told New York Life, no, I told them no for a year while I waited for my son to be transplanted and he got transplanted. We wound up with three liver transplants for my son. He's an adult now. We have two grandchildren through him. And then I told him yes. And so I didn't say just yes. I showed up already with my insurance license and I showed up already with my series six license right mm-hmm. out of the gate. And so I was rookie of the year. I qualified for travel in the first six months of the business. And then I was writing at least a hundred families in life insurance a year. We started mm-hmm. out doing very well. And my son got sick again. That was from the second to the third transplant. And I'm spending all my time at the hospital. I mean, all my time at the hospital, you know, if New York life and some of these other companies, which are great companies, it's 100% commission. Mm-hmm. So if you're not working, you're not eating. Yeah. That's what's happening there. And so yeah. I finally told them, listen, I need to step away. I didn't even know where I was going. I had a great relationship with them, still have a great relationship with them, but I knew I needed to step away for more stability for my family. And then I was approached by a State Farm corporate employee who was one of my clients. She was an FSA and encouraged me to, you know, to go to State Farm, which actually I told her, why would I do that? I mean, I was beating State Farm like they stole something, okay? <laughs> Never lost a case to them. And turns out There was much more to the company than I knew, so I joined them, and then I was financial services specialist when I stepped in the door. Within 12 months, I was supervisor of financial services for the state of Florida, and then eventually I became an FSA, and an FSA in the panhandle of Florida, and Mm -hmm. then we elevated that territory to a top five status. We did wonderful things there, and then the company stepped away from the FSA program, and then I went into coaching, which is kind of how I got to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I engage teams right now. And, you know, it just
1: makes me think how oftentimes, whether it's a coach or a consultant or just any type of business originates from a problem that somebody else has solved. And ultimately, your journey has had such an impact. And it's just the story of you with your son and how long it's been a part of your life, mm-hmm. how long life insurance has been a part of your life and how it was put into your brain at such an early age and how it's become so profound. Just talk about the power of stories and how do you believe that stories need to get integrated into the conversations that we have on a daily basis about life insurance Mm -hmm. or about anything else, Greg?
0: Well, the power of the story transcends sales. It's about persuasion. That's what it is. And stories set the scene for the person. We talk in pictures. I tend to talk in pictures too and talk in scenarios that the person can actually relate to. Not something complicated, something they can actually relate to. And I find uh, in sales, particularly in financial services, we're missing the opportunity to connect with this person. You know, we show up with this dog and pony show and we'll talk a little bit about (laughs) why we shouldn't do that in just a minute here. We show up with that and we have our own agenda that we plan to do And Mm -hmm. we should have our own game plan. I'm not dispelling that, but we don't spend time connecting with the customer. Mm -hmm. We don't want to spend time connecting with the customer. And I'll share with you this brief story that I share in my life insurance trainings too. There are two people speaking to an audience and the first person speaks for two and a half hours and he is eloquent. I mean, he does all the things of a professional speaker. I mean, all the bells and whistles, and he gets a standing ovation. And we'll think that that person did well. I call that presentation. Okay, so I was good with presenting to this person. And then the second person stands up and he speaks for three minutes, not very polished at all. Most of his words are one syllable words. (laughs) And then he sits down. Who had the power? (laughs) The first person, these are real people, is Edward Everett. Look him up. He spoke for those two and a half hours. The second person who spoke for those three minutes was Abraham Lincoln, Gettysburg Address. Hmm. So if it takes you 45 minutes to make a point and I can make that same point in less than 10 minutes, who has the power? Yeah, I've got the power and I can do that without waxing on forever, but making things real and relevant for you. Hmm. We can do that. But I find that most of us actually default to We need to have a script of things that we say. That is very important. So we don't want to wing it. But sometimes we're so busy spinning the web that we're not paying attention to the customer. We're not Mm -hmm. doing that. And I've been in meetings before. I've been in meetings before. There was a meeting I was at with New York Life. The customer came in. It it was an estate planning case and I hadn't been with the company a year. Okay, but the case came to me. And I took the case to a senior member. He was a certified financial planner. I won't share his name. Uh, Very nice guy. Very nice guy. But I'm a part of the meeting too. And I don't have the expertise to do it with this person. And he spent all this time waxing on about his experience and talking about things that they need to be careful of, which are quasi important, not really as important as we think. And then I spent time asking questions about what their concerns were. They were just simple questions. Mm -hmm. And then halfway through the meeting, this couple now turns away from him and starts talking to me. And then the next day, his name is Sam. I can say it. that part. Sam approaches me and said, "Uh, you did great in that meeting. And I saw those notes you were taking. Well, I was taking notes of the things that mattered. He was on a selling campaign. So who had the power? I had the power. And we can do that, but not if we're not paying attention to what's really important. So we talk about the things that really matter. And the things that really matter are the things that the customer is concerned about, not what I want to sell, what the customer is concerned about. And I think if you do that, you can sell a lot more.
1: Are you familiar with Donald Miller's work, Building a Story Brand? Are you familiar with his work or his books? No, actually, no. Uh, fantastic book. I know many people have read that book, but he talks about you're not the hero. Mm-hmm. Your customer is the hero in their own journey. Mm-hmm. And so if you're messaging, Your copy on a website or just the conversation that you're having, you know, waxes eloquent about all the things that you have done in your career and all the awards and the pens and the plaques and all these trips that you've gone on. They don't care about that. They only care about whether or not you are able to connect with them and understand them. And I have to just say you drew such an incredible parallel for me because we were going to talk about just the environment that we're in, that people we don't have a lot of time with customers, mm-hmm. period. Right. They don't care what you're selling. Mm-hmm. Life insurance, coaching, consulting, you got to get to it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Well, the Gettysburg address is 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And how long ago that was impactful. And now how today we feel like that we don't have as much time. And customers are not giving us as much time. Right. How do you approach that? You had talked about in our conversation previously about just the magic in being able to have a story and be able to have a conversation with someone in five minutes or less. I'd love for you to touch on that.
0: Well, based on our conversation, I thought maybe I'd better jot myself a note or two so that I don't miss this for your audience here, because I think this is very important. Yeah, We don't have the attention span, Yeah, and it's going the wrong way. In 2000, the average person had the average attention span of 12.5 seconds. Now there's mm. a reason that television commercials are 30 seconds. They know you're not going to be paying attention. If you pay attention to some of the commercials, they're 15 seconds now. Mm. They're more impactful. So in 2000, it was 2.5. In 2018, it's eight seconds. Eight seconds. Okay. So the average person checks their smartphone 58 times a day. That's 30 times while they're working. And I think that number is low because quite a few of them now have these smart watches where they're checking stuff through that too. So if all that's true and it is, do you think they're going to sit there and listen to you for 45 minutes waxing on about your company and the product? No, Mm -hmm. they're not. Even if they're there, they're not there. Mm -hmm. They're not there. So here's some things that I found that people don't like. They don't like being held hostage. Mm -hmm. No one likes being held hostage. No one likes being sold to. No one including us. Despite what you've been told, they don't want to talk to the salesperson. No, they don't. They don't want to talk to the expert. No, they don't. They don't want to talk to the advisor. No, they don't. Here's who they want to talk to. They want to talk to their person. They want to talk to a person who's looking out for me, their advocate. You'll find sometimes, and I deal primarily state farm agents and their team members is where I've centered most of my business at this point. And I build a platform that really adheres to that. It adheres to anyone else too, but that's where I started. And I'm telling them that's the reason they only want to talk to you. They've already attached you as their person. So the person they want to talk to is the advocate, not the expert, not the advisor, not these other things you've been sold on. That's not it. They want to talk to their advocate here. Someone who's talking to them about what they need, not what I want to sell, what they need, and someone who actually offers them choices. That's what we want. We want choices. So personally, for me, you can't sell me. You can't sell me. You can give me information so that I can make an informed decision for myself. Mm -hmm. And so that empowers the customer. And that's exactly what we teach. So the average person with life insurance, if we could just talk about that for a second here, here's what's happening in the average person when they sell a life insurance policy, especially in the full service agency. Chit chat to build rapport. They do that. Then they approach the client about life insurance, which usually is where do you have your life insurance? I mean, that's <laughs> totally ineffective. Then they'll do a life needs analysis, which is like pulling teeth for these people because some of these answers are false. And then we'll try to get a dollar commitment from these people. And they're doing this because they've been taught this. OK. Yeah. And then they'll go to get an illustration or a rate sheet to do that. And then they'll find and select what they think is best for the customer and then explain their choice for the customer. And then they'll attempt to close the customer who's still confused by the way, that's what's happening. And then they have to run them down later. Isn't that true? So they run them down later and talk them into the policy again. And then the last step is pray they take and keep the policy. I call that the 11 steps of misery.
1: I think there's a lot of people listening to this right now that's doing this number right here, like nodding their head up and down, like, yep, yep. That's it. He's pretty much nailed it. Okay. So before we move on into what is the better method? Okay. I do have to ask what effectively is an obvious question, but I do want you to debunk it for us. Why is that so pervasive in terms of what is being taught in the messages that are out there? And then what I'll add to it, what also gets wrapped around that is, see, hey, yeah, it's not going to be effective, but if you just do it enough times, Mm -hmm. it ends up becoming this law of large numbers type Mm -hmm. of mantra, right? And so therefore, the team gets really frustrated because we're like, I mean, logically, they get it, but it's the emotional part that they're like, I'm losing, I'm losing. Why is that approach so not
0: effective Well, it's because we don't challenge the norm. We go with what we've been taught. And just human actions here, just the psychology of us being together is we're social beings. And you'll find that people will do something in a crowd that they would never do individually. We get to the crowd. We have this crowd think, well, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Listen, I'll give you a quick story. When I joined the company. State Farm, I can talk about it here, but I in the company. I wrote myself a note. Okay, these are the ambassadors of no, because what I teach now is what I wanted to teach when I was with the company, mm. okay? But they are ambassadors of no, and it's not just them. That's corporate America, and that's a lot in the training industry, too. This is the way it's always been done, so that's mm. the way to do it. Don't tell me about some newfangled way. This is what I did, and this is the way it needs to be done, and things have changed. Things Mm. have changed. We don't have the attention span for that. We have the internet now. So if you're still Mm. using the old, I love Zig Ziglar, I love the stories of Zig Ziglar, but the selling practices, that won't work today. That's not really effective today. This person can go on the internet and debunk anything that you say. Mm. So I don't like to play any games. In fact, when we get together with the teams that we coach, I tell them about myself. I believe in the truth. That's the only door I'm walking in, the front door. I'm not going in the side door trying to slide in and massage the facts. No, we're not. We're going to tell them the truth. That's what we're going to do. And there's no trickery here. And people appreciate that. So unless we can get to a place to where we start to challenge what we've learned before and recognize that the world has changed, you'll stay over there and you'll frustrate your team to death. Mm. That's what will happen here. I want
1: to comment on just that. I heard it said not long ago that oftentimes the things we don't see are the assumptions that we make. Mm -hmm. The things we don't see are the assumptions we make. And it's just what you're just saying is that we make these assumptions. Well, that's just what it is. And that's how we've done it. That's how we've done it for X amount of time. So, yeah, I agree with you completely.
0: They've done studies to where your brain fills in the gaps. 60 Minutes had a piece about people remembering 9-11. And they found that quite a few of these people, they would have this, this is where I was and this is what I was doing. (laughs) And they found out it wasn't true. You know, 9-11 happened, but the way they remembered it wasn't true. Their brain filled in the gaps. And if I keep telling myself the same story, whether it's true or not, that becomes my truth. That's what happens. So we have to be very careful about what we affirm to ourselves. I have a team member now with a team that I coach. And for the first three months of this year, he did like two life apps a month. And he's more than capable of doing more, more than capable. And then in April, he did eight. And then all of a sudden, the next month, he did 10. And then in June, he did 13. And so he thinks things changed around because he wrote one case. No, things changed around because now he believed in the process. And now we took the steps to set these things up. And it's not talking forever. I'm telling teams, it doesn't take 50 minutes to explain life insurance. No, it doesn't. And all those mechanical steps that I just gave in those 11 steps of misery are irrelevant. And we've been able to prove that. So my process isn't 11 steps of misery. It's kind of like five steps of clarity. Here they are. Chit chat and build rapport. That's very important. And we want to be genuine with it. Right. And then approach the client about life insurance. And we have a very easy way to do that. And it's not just where do you have your life insurance? It's just a couple of sentences for us to do that. And then we go to, I use a life insurance template for most of my conversations. I use it for general conversations. I have one for advanced conversations. I have an agent who sold a $36,000 annual premium case, five minutes, not a 52-page report. It took her five minutes to do it. Okay? Yeah. And then we pause for the life needs analysis after we've talked about how life insurance works. The reason that your life needs analysis is false right now is because it's like going to the car dealership. We've all been to the car dealership and the salesperson pops out and asks, oh, hey, so what brought you in today? And we go, okay, I'm just looking, (coughs) calm down. And then they ask you for your price, right? What price range are you looking for? Do you tell them the truth? No, you don't. And if you give them a number, you lowball the number. So that's why I don't ask for a dollar commitment up front. When I was with New York Life, I had a customer that came in. We had a five alarm fire with his retirement. So that's the first thing we needed to settle. And I noticed he had some life insurance with a different carrier, and I knew it was inadequate. And I said, the next time we get together, we're going to settle this life insurance. And he says, okay. So when that time comes around, I said, okay, let's take a look at this life insurance. And he says, his words, not mine, Okay, I have $50 a month to spend. Now, I didn't ask him that. He just offered that because he's back at the car dealership right now. And then I went through my little five minute showing them of how this stuff works. And then he says, OK, I see that I have three hundred and fifty dollars a month to spend. Now, what happened? Did he hit the lotto? And I didn't see that he had the money. The reason their life needs analysis is wrong. is because they don't know what they're buying. And in this case, I've just shown them the value. They know exactly what it is. And then the fifth step is put the best plan in place based on the client's choices, not ours. We never make them feel bad about what they choose. Even if they choose the term, let's not talk bad about term. We teach them, don't. no, no, term is good too. Term sets up an opportunity for me later if I can't get it right now. That's all it does. And we've protected the customer. That's what we're here for. We're protecting people. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we get this twisted to where we're only selling premium. I've had an agent to tell me before. I don't like I don't sell term. Okay. Hmm. Well, I'm sorry for your customers. I hmm. am. We want to have adequate coverage in place. That's very yeah. very important to me. Yeah. So there are ways to do it, but you have to challenge that stuff and we have to recognize that that isn't working and we yeah. need an easier, more succinct way of getting it done.
1: Go over those five steps, rattle those off again for somebody that may be writing those down.
0: Okay. Number one is engage the person. We chit chat and build rapport. We teach that the worst thing that you can do is call a person or talk to a person and get right to the business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We need to at least acknowledge that we're talking to a person first. Yeah. It's very important that we do that. And then number two was approach them about life insurance. Now you need a word track that actually connects with the person, mm-hmm. not this, I'm looking for something to sell you because that's what most of these word tracks are. I'm looking for something to sell. That's what I'm looking for. Are you that person? Mm. No, we pivot to the concern and then life insurance is a solution. Mm. If I just Mm. ask you, where do you have your life insurance? That's no difference than I went to the gas station and hey, Snickers are on sale two for a dollar. Now, is Mm. the Snickers important? No, Mm -hmm. I'm just looking for a person to sell the Snickers too. So we need to frame that it's important so that they would take it seriously. And then number three is we go to our life insurance conversation. Not the life needs analysis, the life insurance conversation. Now, my conversation is protected content. I can't share it with you here, but it needs to be simple. Not going on and on about the policies, but simple, something that they can understand. And then number four is pause for a simple life needs analysis. So now the person understands how it works. Now, let's just take a pause and find out how much you need. And make that life needs analysis very simple for them. Don't make it some long drawn out, you need to take calculus to find out what it is. You know, mm-hmm. We lose people with that. And then number five, make it easy for the person. We wanna put the best plan in place based on the customer's choices. What the customer wants is Chick-fil-A. That's really what they want. Now does Chick-fil-A go down, go through a whole laundry list of what they have to offer and how that works and how you'll love it? No, they simply mm-hmm. make it easy for you to purchase it. And then they make you feel good. And guess what? You go back. If you've ever watched one of their commercials, you never saw a price. It's not customer service. It's customer experience. We've been taught it's customer service. That is a lie. It's customer experience. Once I know that you're going to take care of me, right back to that advocate's position, guess who I'm coming to? You. You. The price is irrelevant.
1: Do people recognize your agency brand? More importantly, do people care about your brand. At Relevant Marketing Solutions, we partner with you to clarify your message and deliver it through multiple marketing channels, creating a brand that inspires. With over 10 years experience working with insurance agencies, our team can help your agency not only get noticed, but start cultivating brand champions. From creating a logo to putting it on a coffee mug, we are your one-stop shop for all things marketing. We can even produce a video of you drinking out of your cool new mug. Visit us at relevantadvantage.com to learn more. And if you're a state farm agent, you can also find us at sfagentpromos.com and be sure to enter Club Capital at checkout for a special discount. That's Club Capital, lowercase and no spaces at checkout for a special discount. Relevant Marketing Solutions, helping you cultivate brand champions. I hear clear simple easy Mm -hmm. but one of the biggest challenges is that you have what's called the curse of knowledge Mm -hmm. you know in depth all of the different intricacies of a whole life of a limited pay of a universal life obviously of all the terms and every other bail and whistle you have likely sold a really complicated case big premium that probably had a lot of moving parts, maybe a buy-sell agreement, something to that effect. And I think then what happens is because you have that curse of knowledge, and it could be regarding life insurance or anything else, anything, right. anything, because you have that knowledge, it is sometimes hard to articulate it in a way that the customers or any customer or client can understand that
0: because you want to show how much you know what it is that you're talking about. Don't you agree? Wholeheartedly. We talk about that during our trainings too, what the customer isn't interested in. Yeah. They're not interested in your brilliance. No, they're not. And your brilliance, all that you know, only confuses the customer. It doesn't help them. So the only thing we want on the table is what frames the value for the customer and what makes it easy for them to make a decision. That's what we want. It's no different if I take you to, we're gonna buy a boat, And then I started explaining every bolt on the boat, every Mm. intricate piece. How long would you be in that conversation? Not long, Mm. not long. So we have to pull back from that because what we've done is overwhelm the customer with your curse of knowledge. I like that phrase. We've overwhelmed them with that and then they can't make a decision. Yeah. So we boil it down to a simple way of explaining this and the person makes a decision. And oftentimes they generally always want the permanent policy with the way we have it laid out for them to do it. And the only reason they don't go over there if they genuinely do not have the funds to do so. But even if they can't do that, we've set the (coughs) stage to where they really want to get over there as soon as possible if they can't get there right now.
1: There's a word I wanted to make this comment. And then you said earlier that I do not hear very often with insurance agents, insurance agency owners. And that's a template. Now, we hear about a script, mm-hmm. right? You hear about that all the time. You got to have a script or a word track or a play or a playbook and all those. are There's nothing wrong with that. right? But I think that you said, hey, we have a template that we use and that's mm-hmm. just not used very often. And can you just talk about the power of having a template, a structure that mm-hmm. you can obviously use
0: yourself, but also be able to share with your teams? Well, one of the problems and difficulties, especially if you have a team, how do I get my team to all do the same thing? Does it matter which team member I get when I call in there? If I get this team member, I'm going to get a permanent policy, a whole life policy. If I get this team member, they're going to talk on and on about the universal life. If I get this team member, we're only going to be talking about the term. That happens. It happens a lot. So this template, all you have to do is follow the template. You don't have to memorize the template. See, now, I'm not the only person that has a template, but mine is different than the average person because the average template simply has some numbers in a page. That's what it is. And all of us have seen a chart before that's supposed to be some great chart that you needed someone to translate for you because you can't really make it out. Isn't that true? Right, Right. right, right. So this template not only has some numbers, but it has words to frame the value. And I teach them, you don't need to memorize that. In fact, I don't want you to memorize it. Just read Mm -hmm. the template. If you Mm -hmm. can read it, you can do it. And that's what we want them to do, okay? And Mm -hmm. I've had people who teach life insurance. They've taught other agents, taught team members to use this platform and go, oh my God, that is so easy. And then I've had people who swear they know everything about the policies, go through this and learn that they've been telling themselves the wrong stories this entire time. And they go through that and you can't deny the value that's on the page. You simply cannot deny it. So we have that. That conversation takes less than five minutes. The customer understands everything. And then usually they're ready to make a decision at that point. Nothing's perfect. So nothing works every time. But I don't know what the percentage is, but it is overwhelming. And we've had some agents to double their production with this.
1: It's come up often with different guests. And I think for a really good reason, and that's mindset. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to transition into mindset. I think it's one of the most important things that you can do as a business owner is to protect your confidence. I call that the MIT, most important thing. Most important thing you can do for yourself as a business owner, protect your confidence, but also with our teams. They've got to have confidence in what it is that they're talking about, how they talk about it, and ultimately get some wins under their belt. You were articulating earlier about one of your clients was around two a month or so, and this began to get wins under their belt. Mm -hmm. Well, now they're building confidence, right? And they're building confidence because they feel like that they have a path to run on. Mm -hmm. But I really want to just get you to dive into, as you said, when we were talking previously, the war between your ears, which is our mindset. And so how do you think about that
0: for both the owners of the companies, but also their teams? It boils down to what we say to ourselves. Now, I can read a thousand books. I can listen to a kabillion tapes and I listen to a lot, I do. But it ultimately boils down to what I say to myself. Success is what we think about, right? And what I think about is what I've accepted for me. So we give them mind tracks. You've heard of word tracks. We give them mind tracks, things that I can say to myself, okay? And they use that to push themselves forward. That's what happens. I have a team member now, I'll share this. I have a team member now who is a little bit shy. Over half of your teams are introverts. In fact, over half of the agents are introverts too. So it's not just for your team. You need something to fortify you. That's gonna Mm -hmm. be very important for you to do. One of my mind tracks is we're not selling people. We're serving and saving families. That's what we're doing, Mm. okay? So if he has any hesitation, he just says that back to himself. We don't sell people, we serve and save them. Now think about how powerful that is. We don't sell people, we serve and save them. Boom. He steps right in there. That's what he does. Mm. And then over 50 percent of what I do, we have a selling process, which I'll put up against anyone in the industry. I mean, it's not even close. Then there's the process, which means make this this sales process, uh, sales language, what I do, not something I remember to do. It's what we do. And it doesn't matter who they call. This is what they're getting from this agency. That's going to be very important. Now, you can't get that unless you practice it. Okay, so that. But built on all of that is what I say to myself, how I manage me. And I spend over 50% of my time here, how I manage me. And then it helps to propel teams forward. If you don't mind, I just got this email this morning, and I will give this to you. This is a team that's been with me for about three months now. And I did a group session for this team yesterday. And she writes, hey, thank you for today's session. I thought it was just as smooth as normal. It reminds me more of the old normal in classroom settings and multiple different agencies. Some of us have an issue with being a part of a group virtual session. And that's because you're thinking of some of the bad virtual sessions that you've been a part of. So don't convict me with that, okay? And so she's telling me that. And she says, our office is at 100% participation with Life Apps this month. It's a first for us. And I happen to know this agency has been in business for over 30 years. And this is a first for us. The girls are taking what's in the course and putting it to use, becoming more comfortable with just bringing up the conversation. I can't wait to see the growth over the next few months. And the reason that is, isn't just because of the sales conversation that we have, which is good. Not because I wrote it, just because it is. It is good. But it's because of what we fortify that with, with how we talk to ourselves. So, these people now are thinking, I'm not selling this person. I'm trying to take care of this person. And once I have that thought process, I can lean in there. And that's what we do. That's
1: so true. It's so funny that you got that email. And I was having a conversation this morning with someone. And I made a comment, and it wasn't really regarding insurance training, it was just regarding the industry of knowledge as a Mm -hmm. whole. Mm -hmm. And I said, People go to conferences training workshops. Obviously the last year and a half, we've been a lot in virtual and you come away with three ring binders, books, (laughs) notes of things. And the content is amazing. Okay. Like there's some really good content out there. There's some content out there that probably would work. That is maybe counter to what you suggest. But at the end of the day, the point that I'm getting at is that the person who went does not change. They come back the same person, and the you don't implement. Somebody said that the biggest gap in life is the difference between knowledge and execution. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's because we don't do the work on our mindset and the work on ourselves so that we can actually go and implement your word tracker or or script or or process, whatever that may be. We're still the same person that went to that training or that conference. Don't you agree?
0: Oh, I agree. Once I got into coaching, one of the hard facts that I had to come to realize is that, which sounds kind of harsh, but it's true. Success is only for the few, not the many. Many will go, only a few will press through. Now that's a fact. Harvard Business Review said that only 12% people go to a conference, only 12% would actually move and do something with what they learned. That means 88% showed up, wrote some notes said it was a great conference, did a high five. Man, I really enjoyed that. And went back and put those notes in the notes graveyard, right?
1: Let me raise my hand to be that. I've been that person. Mm -hmm. I have been that person. I mean, to suggest otherwise would be fooling and lying to myself. I mean, I have done that so many times in my career.
0: Well, I think part of the problem is this. First off, was the information placed in such a way that I could take bite-sized pieces? Was it just an information dump? Yeah, we get that too often. Sure. Where we're we're just overloading them with our brilliance. No, it needs to be something in a format that I can take and plug into my life and make that a part of my process. That's going to be very important for you to do. And then there's work that you have to do. And that's where those mind tracks come into place. So you can get the sales conversation and the strategy. Everyone has one and practically all of them will work if you work them. But if you have something simple, easy. And then you fortify that with some mind tracks to put yourself in place. That's what the foundation of that email was. So they had this sales concept. I'm sure they've went to conferences before. They got yeah. some information before that sounded brilliant, but it wasn't fortified with how do I put this into practice for myself? And we spend a lot of time there. So if you don't want to do it, it's because you don't want to do it. Not because yeah. you don't know how to do it or because it's difficult to do. But what you explained is one of the frustrations for people like myself, because I'm saying it's sitting right there. <laughs> you came in in this position and what you want is sitting right there. I just showed it to you, share it with you how to get it. And you are oblivious to that because you don't have the proper mind tracks for yourself and you go right back to doing what you were doing. And it is sad to see. But on the flip side of that, it is wonderful to see people who buy in from the agent down to the team members, buy in. And then we see that move them in such a way they get to the levels they I didn't think this was possible. Yeah, it's possible. It's been possible the entire time. It's been sitting right there. And all we did was put some breadcrumbs to get you there. If you do it, I can't do it for you. That's one thing that with anyone who comes on board with me, I have conversations with them. And one of the things I tell them is I won't be doing it for you. Don't look for me to run behind you to see if you're working because if I have to do that, you shouldn't be here. No, we coach adults who actually want to move. That's what we do. And if you don't want to move, I love you too. We love everybody, but I can't stay with you. I have to go over here. That's what I have to do. And I don't make apologies for that.
1: Greg, we're going to go into the E9 rapid fire questions. Is there anything else that we did not touch on that you feel like would be important and beneficial for our listening audience?
0: No, I think You did a great job of framing the questions to where it just led to, I thought, some good evolution of discovery for them, hopefully. I hope that they took some notes from it, not because I'm brilliant, but because anytime you hear something of value, you need to be serious about it and write some notes for yourself so that you can do that. I am an avid note taker. I could hear the same sermon 40 times, and I have 40 notes. Yeah. That's what I do.
1: Well, let me tell you. I've learned a lot. This has been great. You're very articulate. I think people can hear that. Not only does he have the voice for radio folks, he also has the looks for TV. I'm telling you, he's a good looking guy. So for those of you listening on your favorite podcast channel. Okay. So before we do that, people want to get in touch with you, Greg, where do you want to point them to? How would you like for people to connect with you and, and find about your services and coaching?
0: Well, if they want to connect with me, just have them to go to team sales You can do that. And there's a contact tab on there. You can do that. That's probably the best way because that email will get directly to me. And then the website, I'll just apologize up front, needs to be upgraded. I have so much more content that is not there. I've been so busy building what I build and not paying attention to this stuff over here. So don't hold that against me. But that would be the best way to do that. And I think anyone can do that. So it's team sales coach, T E A M S A L E S coach.com. Team sales coach.com. We'll make sure we put that in the show
1: notes. We'll make sure that we put that in the email that we send out. Hey, if you're not getting our emails for our weekly guests, we have some amazing guests just like Greg. Go to club.capital forward slash podcast. Sign up to be getting our weekly emails that kind of share all the links that we talk about and a little bit about all of our guests. All right, Greg, you ready for the E9 rapid fire? Yeah, go ahead.
0: One other thing too, I put out an email practically every week and this week's email kind of fits into this mind track thing that we're talking about here. And I will send you a copy of that. Feel free to send it to your listeners.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely do that. We'll definitely put that in. Another reason, sign up and get our email. So we'll make sure that we put that out in our email whenever this podcast drops. What is the last book that you read?
0: This is gonna sound boring. The last book that I read was, I'm constantly reading the word, so I read the Bible. And it's about the habits, atomic habits. That's the book. because I love discovering things about human behavior especially on how to build habits and things that we do to sabotage ourselves too. So I'm a fan of that.
1: Great book that's been referenced on our podcast many
0: times. The book that you would recommend the most to other small business owners? Probably Magic of Thinking Big. We have to challenge ourselves. And that speaks so much to what we were just talking about, that inner conversation with ourselves. We need to change that and help us to understand that things are possible for us. And if you don't mind, I'll throw in, this is part of the word tracks that I've been using with all the teams this month. And there are three parts of it. The first part is there are no great people. No, they're not. That's one of my pet peeves about sports. Oh, he's a machine. No, he's not. (laughs) No, he's not. Number two, we're all just people capable of doing great things. Mm. And that includes me. Mm. And number three, we have to take the steps to own it. Success is shy and bashful. It's not coming in the room with you. You can see it and dream about it. That'll be great. You won't get it. You have to step out and take it. That's what you have to do. And so that's what it is. It's all about us talking to ourselves and making sure we're putting ourselves in the best position possible. I love that. I love that. I love the
1: mind tracks. I really do. I think I'd connect with it more than affirmations. I mean, that's been said, I know some people do those daily affirmations, but I think I connect with mind tracks more than I do daily affirmations. And that may be semantics, but nonetheless, I really do like that a lot. Okay, dead or alive, who would you love to sit next to on a 10 hour flight and why? My mom's no longer here, but I miss her.
0: And she had such wisdom. You know, it's amazing when we grow up, we think we know more than our parents. I'm sure you were the same way. When I grow up, I'm gonna let my kids make all the decisions. I'm gonna trust my children you know, all that kind of foolishness. And then you get some children and then you understand, boy, was that stupid. My parents were far more wise than I knew. I knew, so it would be her and I would be picking her brain because I regret not asking her more questions about why she thought the way she thought. And she Mm -hmm. was a huge impact on my life.
1: What is your favorite hobby? What do you love to do in your pastime when you're not working? And I always tell people, you can't say family, but I know everybody loves their
0: family, but what do you love to do? I like to take pictures, landscape pictures, sunrise, sunset pictures. I love that. It makes me relax, helps me to appreciate not just beauty, but appreciate my opportunity. You know, so that's it. I also love going to the movies and I see inspiration everywhere. And if Mm -hmm. I see anything that inspires me about a movie, it's not unusual for me to go back two or three times. While one person says, I already saw that. Okay, that's you. One and done you, not me. I wanna deep dive on anything that's good for me. That's what I wanna do. All right, that's a good segue into question number five. What's your favorite movie of all time? I don't have one favorite. Love the Rocky movies. Love anything where the underdog comes back to win the race. Love Mm -hmm. that. Seabiscuit. Oh yeah, Seabiscuit, love that movie. Oh my God, did I love that movie. But I also love the Avenger movies too. Anytime yeah. where someone is coming up to save the day. And now I take from that, no one's coming by the way. I'm not looking for someone to show up and save my day. I'm looking for the hero in here to show up and save the day. And those mm-hmm. movies inspired me to do that.
1: Fill in the blank, four years ago, when you started your small business, mm-hmm. I had no idea this would be so hard.
0: Well, I had no idea it would be so hard for people to see the value of having a coach. I didn't know that. I thought, well, they have to know they need someone. (laughs) And I thought that as long as a person needed someone, that that would be the person that would want to call me. Mm. It isn't true. Mm. It's the person that wants to move, not the person that needs to move. You know, if I talk to the person who needs life insurance, okay, you may have a tough time talking to that person because it hasn't elevated to want the life insurance, right? And so I learned that I love everyone. I want to work with anyone that actually wants to move. I don't want to work with people who don't want to move. And I'm very clear and upfront about that. I'll tell you that right out of the gate but I learned that I have to go to the people who want to move. One of the agents that I have now is Heather Thies. And in State Farm lore, she is a Chairman Circle agent, qualified for Chairman Circle 10 years in a row, solid decade. And so she sent her team to my workshop, brought me in to do the workshop for her entire team, sent her team, members of her team to a second workshop and a third workshop, and then hired me to be a coach at her agency. And so here's a person that's qualified on the outside doing very well, doing very well. And I get there and I learned that they're actually a team of spurts behind the curtains here. That's what's happening mm. here. And so mm. we got everyone to start doing the same thing. And then we started talking about consistency. That's what I kept hammering homes, consistency, consistency. And so that was 2019. I came in in September of 2019. They finished, I think that year, at $68,000 in premium for life. The very next year, we finished at $135,000 in annual premium for life. Mm. And by the first quarter of this year, we already had $88,000 in premium for life. Same team, same location, same customer, same. Yeah. Different process and certainly a different belief. And what happened there was the mindset. That's what happens. So now they believe, they know it's understandable, and we're just going and blowing. That's what we're doing now. Man, love that.
1: What a great case study. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what is your favorite non native app tech tool that you use? Non native, meaning you've got an iPhone, whatever comes on the iPhone, with a tech tool that you love to use every day?
0: Well, I'm not a techie. So, the one I like to look at every day, of course, is QuickBooks <laughs> because it shows. <laughs> You know, I'm getting a ding about that, right?
1: <laughs> I like it. Hey, spoken smoking like a true small business owner. Okay, everybody out there saying amen, amen. Right. Hey, that's right. right, I love that, yes. I love, it. that's good. All right, what's the one thing that you learned about yourself the most during the last year and a half during the pandemic?
0: Well, I learned, and it's not new for me, I learned I had to overcome fear myself too. I love these people who say that they've annihilated fear. They have no more fear. Well, they're obviously dead, because that's not possible. And if you don't have any fear over here, you have some fear over here. That's the way it works. And so I had to face myself. When COVID-19 showed up, I'm a face-to-face guy for the most part, and I love the power of personal presence, like most people. COVID-19 showed up, and then I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then, okay, I'm gonna do this virtual thing. I'll do these Zoom sessions. And then my negative me says, you don't know how to do that. You're gonna embarrass yourself. And this isn't recorded, this is live, right? You're gonna embarrass yourself. And then I had to write a mind track for me, which I do, write a mind track for me. And I said, I'm going to make some mistakes. Notice I didn't say I won't make any mistakes. I'm gonna make some mistakes. I'll learn from those and I'll be better. And so I told myself that I actually wrote that down and boom, I stepped right out there. And I did make some mistakes. My first one of the Zoom sessions, I muted everyone, included myself, and couldn't figure out how to unmute anyone. I couldn't do that. So I did that. And the second session, the video went out. I had nothing to do with that. It was because of, you know, everyone was crowding the online space. But my point is that not only did I do it, I got stronger and stronger and stronger now. Mm. So that now when I do these sessions, they are seamless now. And where most people have have attended sessions where they're concerned about the content and whether or not we're going to start to be redundant after two or three of these. I haven't had any of those. We show up with things that are relevant to the people. And it's not because I say so. I'm repeating back what they're telling me, which would have never happened if I listened to my negative me. So I had to face myself with that.
1: I love that. I've been saying it a lot lately. I've said it yesterday a couple of times. I think this is so true, what you just mentioned. If you want to be, do. If you want to be, do. And you did to get through that, right? You started in the mind, started going through your own mind tracks to knock those false beliefs down. And then you did and you got better at it. Because at the end of the day, we're not gonna be very good. I mean, quite frankly, the first few podcasts I did were not very good. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, I hope over the last year and a half or so, I've gotten a little bit better into how to have the conversations and keep it going. But two years from now, I hope I will be a lot better because Mm -hmm. of the times that you do at the beginning and everything's new. So I agree. All right, here we go. Last question. It is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. After all, what is the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received?
0: Well, it isn't just do it. That's not it. It's be willing to be terrible at it. If you're not willing to be foolish, if you're not willing to fall, you'll never run. You'll never fly. You'll never be on top. I encountered this team member once who said, Greg, I just want to just tell me how to get to yes. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want these no's. I say, well, you'll never get to yes. It's a part of the process. We actually need failure. Mm-hmm. We need that. That's what sets up success. If you've ever had A good night's sleep, that's because you know what a bad night's sleep feels like. So it plays a big part in our success journey. So we have to be willing to fall down. And you'll find that, hey, I fell down and I'm still breathing. It really wasn't that bad. And then after a while, we're running. That's how the baby learns to walk. You know, I have three sons and initially you're afraid they're gonna hurt themselves because they're hitting their head on the corner. And then after a period of time, they're running around your house like little ninjas climbing up on everything, right? Which would have never happened if they didn't fall first. And that's one of the lessons I have to keep telling myself. My business is is kind of busting at the sides at this point, And it's difficult for me to manage and manipulate where I'm going next with how I encounter people because I'm an unconventional person. I tend to get close to people who are following through, and then Mm -hmm. I never wanna leave anyone. But in order Mm -hmm. for me to scale, I'll have to do some things differently at each juncture here. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's a little pain for a person like myself. Sometimes I care too much, but I'm not upset about that. I have no regrets about caring too much. Mm -hmm. I want to win, I want you to win. But in order for us to do that, we're gonna have to take the hill. It's not Mm -hmm. coming down here. We're going to have to take the hill. And so that's what I have to keep reminding myself.
1: Team teamsalescoach.com dot com. Team dot com. Reach out to Greg. If you want to connect with him. Greg, it's been a pleasure
0: having you on the podcast. Hope to have you back on in the future. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: A few things really stood out to me in that conversation with Greg. Obviously, he's incredibly articulate, really knows his material, you know, the mind tracks. And when we talked a little bit more about it, in the E9 rapid fire, I think that that is so important for us to be able to do is what are we telling ourselves every day? The conversation we have with somebody more than anyone else is the conversation that we have with ourselves. And what are you feeling with your brain? And I do personally love the idea of it being a mind track as opposed to a daily affirmation. That's something that's really going to stick with me. I think also not just talking about clarity and simplicity, and making it easy on the customers, but actually really doing it. And we do have this curse of knowledge, no matter what it is that you're selling, life insurance or any type of program, service or product, making it easy for the customers. And we are not the hero. The customers are the hero. And as Dal Miller says, we are just a God in that conversation. So make sure that you visit Greg. I know many of you are going to want to connect with him. He already has a long list of people on his wait list. And for good reason, make sure you go to team salescoach.com to reach out to Greg and see how he can help you and your team to be able to hit the goals that you want to hit. We'll be dropping this podcast probably sometime in August of 2021. If you want to finish the year out strong, reach out to Greg, and I know he'll be able to help you get there. so we're getting close to the end of the year. How are you doing on your production? Do you need to be able to get more leads? Are you concerned about the presence that you have online? Are you frustrated by the quality of leads? and you know you need to be able to do something reach out to our team our friends at direct clicks directclicksinc.com directclicksinc.com they really take the time to get to know you and your goals and the things that you want to accomplish in your business and they also give that with transparency and consistency of being in touch with you so that you know how you're ranking whether it's with your SEO profiles and also just the actual results. How frustrating is it whenever you invest money in marketing, no matter what the business is, and you do not know where that money is going and what the results are? Well, that's a totally different experience that you'll have with our friends at DirectClicks. DirectClicksinc.com. Hey, you're frustrated with trying to take the time out of your business when you could be working on your business, but ultimately working on your business, not just in the business. Some of you may be, you know, spending time reconciling your bank statements and your books to try to get the numbers to see, hey, how much money did I make last month? What was my revenue numbers? What was my expenses? Where to invest? What should I be investing? Well, those are all questions that get answered and so many more whenever you work with someone who is an expert in this field and can be able to give you the perspective that you need, the analytics and the comparison, the benchmarking that you'll get whenever you work with Club Capital. If you've been listening to us at any time, you know Club Capital is the leader in this business, helping insurance agency owners to be able to have, really take that, what's that back office, that maybe that thing that's an afterthought, the thing that you maybe look at just once per year and actually make that maybe the strategic generator that can power your business forward. Go to club.capital, book a no-obligation demo. Also, there's some webinars that they're going to be doing. So make sure that you go to club.capital, sign up, obviously, for our podcast, and then book your no-obligation demo and see how Club Capital can become the strategic generator to power your business forward. Until next episode, lead well.